0: How is it going, everyone? It is once again me, Chuy, and I am the host of this horror podcast titled Exploring the Myths Behind the Legends, and we are thrilled to announce that this is our 100th episode for which we have chosen the movie End of Days. And before we get to the discussion of the movie, though, I want to remind everyone out there to please go out and check us out on social media. We have a Linktree page, which is linktree.com slash myths behind lgds on there you can find the links to all of our social media stuff like twitter instagram etc and that link is conveniently posted onto our spotify profile so if you're checking us out on there go ahead and click on that link because it's full of goodies especially the link to the embl swag store in which you can score some sweet merch and by all means i encourage you all to go ahead and do that Okay, so without anything further ado, here is the discussion on End of Days. Stick around. Okay, so time to get started here. And before I do that though, I want to be perfectly clear. I'm not going to be talking too much about the movie per se, because given the fact that our schedules are a little bit weird because of the holidays, Mariah and I already pre-recorded her segment. And we had a very interesting conversation in which we covered topics as, of course, the movie. But then we also talked about the craziness that surrounded the millennium (laughs) in the late 90s. That was one of the things we talked about. And then we also talked about some philosophical stuff as maybe that could be considered as existentialism, though. So we had a pretty deep conversation. And of course, once again, we covered the movie in depth, relatively. (laughs) So all I'm going to do here is going to go over some of the technical aspects of this film. So, for example, the release date, End of Days, was released on November 24th, 1999. It was directed by Peter Hyams. I hope I say that correctly. And the cast of characters is as follows We have none other than Arnold Schwarzenegger as Jericho Kane, Gabriel Byrne as The Man, aka the Devil, Robin Tooney as Christine York, Kevin Pollack as Bobby Chicago, CCH Pounder as Detective Marge Francis, Udo Keir as the Head Priest and Rod Steiger as Father Kobach. There are more characters here and there, but these are the ones that get top billing and the ones that get the most lines, so that is why I mentioned them specifically. Now, the budget. (laughs) Interestingly enough, the budget for this film was 100 million dollars, 25 of which went to Arnold Schwarzenegger as part of his salary. Well, not part of his salary but his entire salary can you imagine <laughs> having the star power of arnold and say i want a quarter of your budget as my salary otherwise fuck off <laughs> so man now the movie did make about 212 million on the world's office so it was a moderate success i mean Plus, the 100 million, I'm pretty sure they spent anywhere between 25 to 30 in marketing, at least. So, I would say the movie ended up making about 100 or less than 100, maybe like 90 million dollars, which is not a bad chunk of change, but it wasn't exactly the blockbuster that the movie makers were attempting to have in their hands with this movie. Now, some of the reactions to this film <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes has a rating of 11% and one of the quotes on there is as follows an overblown thriller with formulaic action scenes and poor acting ouch (laughs) Metacritic is a little bit more generous they have a 33% score and CinemaScore actually is probably the most generous of all they gave this film a B- on an A-plus to F-scale So, I think they enjoyed the movie more than anyone else. (laughs) So, man, this movie, though. This movie, though. Basically, the premise of the movie answers the eternal question of mankind of what would happen if 80s action film Arnold Schwarzenegger decides to go to battle head-to-head with the devil, And he's going to use machine guns. (laughs) I mean, it sounds pretty ridiculous if you say it like that. But, I don't know. I feel like I enjoyed this movie back then when I was a kid. The first time that I watched it, I was about 16, maybe. And I thought it was okay. And then I've watched it a few times here and there throughout the years. More recently... About a week ago for this episode. And I can't really say that it's a good movie. <laughs> it's not terrible. It's not the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. But it's far from perfect. The premise is, even for Arnold standards, pretty far fetched. The action scenes aren't done very well. The dialogue is a little bit stiff. Gabriel Byrne as the devil. Man, I I feel sorry for the guy. He was given a subpar script. And I think he did the best he could, all things considered. But his devil has to be one of the most incompetent slash funny devils that I've seen in movie history. (laughs) So he doesn't really come across as evil. He comes across as goofy. And basically... (laughs) The interaction between the two reminded me of the interaction between Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd. (laughs) As funny as that might sound, because of course, Elmer Fudd being the devil and Bugs Bunny being Schwarzenegger in his role of Jericho. Because there are times in which he, (laughs) Arnold, seems to trick the devil And the way that Bugs Bunny would trick Elmer Fudd when he was hunting him down. So, (laughs) the best way that I can explain it is you got to watch the movie for yourself. And now that I've told this to you, now that I've put that mental picture in your mind, when you watch this movie, you're going to be like, yes, this guy is right. 100% right. This is fucking Bugs Bunny versus Elmer Fudd. (laughs) So, man, I don't even know what to say because, once again, Mariah and I already talked about this movie. But, basically, just real quick, the plot is that there's this girl that is supposed to be the mother of the Antichrist and that is the reason why the devil comes to Earth on the eve of the millennium, the year 1999. So, the premise of the movie involves the devil hunting down this girl To impregnate her so that his unholy child can be born. And therefore, usher in the end of days. So anyways, before I move on to Mariah's segment. And that very interesting discussion that she and I had. I am going to share some stuff that I found on IMDb. We talked about some of that stuff in that other segment as well. But we didn't talk about these. So, number one. Arnold wasn't a big fan of the director, because he thought that the movie was too dark, and not as far as the subject matter, but literally, it was too dark. He felt like it was very difficult to see anything that was going on, and as such, he wasn't a fan of that, but also of the directorial style of Peter Hyams, so... I don't think he regrets making this movie necessarily, but I think he wishes he had gotten a different director to work with. And I have another thing here that's pretty hilarious. Um, (laughs) There's this lady in the movie. I believe she plays the mom of Christine, the female lead in this movie. And her name is Miriam Margolis. I hope I say that correctly. But she was interviewed... After the movie was finished. And she shared a very candid slash gross slash hilarious detail. (laughs) So they asked her if she had enjoyed working with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And she replied by saying no I didn't. Because in the scene that he and I had together. And I'm quoting the, the lady. He farted in my face. (laughs) I mean I shouldn't be laughing at that but it's pretty funny and I don't know if funny is the right word but this hulking beast of a man Arnold Schwarzenegger just taking a lady's face and just kind of passing gas onto it um (laughs) I don't know the guy personally I don't know if that is on character with him or not If he's a prankster or if he just didn't like her and he thought that was the best way to get back at her but that is a very unique (laughs) detail about this movie shoot so oh man yeah (laughs) so anyways that's pretty much everything that i got for you in this segment because once again mariah and i are going to discuss some of the deepest darkest themes of the movie but We're also going to talk about the craziness that ensued when the millennium was approaching in the late 90s. So definitely stick around for that conversation because it was very, very interesting. Well, now we are in Mariah's segment. So first of all, Mariah, welcome to uh, our 100th episode. How do you feel about this
1: It's so exciting. It's uh, so amazing. And congratulations too on that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You've been a part of the podcast for a good while now, but way back in the beginning, we had a different host, which is Monica. And then she had to leave for stuff. (laughs) And then we had Belle for a while too. So yeah, I mean, we've come a long way and it's been fun. It's been a little hectic here and there. It's been a little rough sometimes. But I feel happy that we're here. I feel happy that you're here, by the way. So thank you very much for joining me in this crazy adventure. There's a podcast.
1: <laughs> you are welcome. It's so exciting. Yeah, it's it's really exciting to see how much this podcast has grown over the years. And just, it's so exciting just to be able to experience that. And um, Yeah.
0: This podcast has been around for about two years, give or take. A little bit over two years, maybe like, I want to say 26, 27 months. Speaking of baby terms. (laughs) Like when somebody asks you how old your baby is and and the first two or three years, it's, it's months. And then after that, it's years, right?
1: Right. I don't think I'll ever be like that I hope not if I ever do have kids I want to say they're one year old in five months (laughs) it gets gets me so confused at times because I get confused right away with the numbers and the months and math all together I'm like whoa you didn't have to tell me I don't have to do the math (laughs) or just really fast but yeah but yeah that is definitely baby years and it's so amazing just to see it blossom and everything and a learning experience too
0: oh yeah and just for for kicks i listened to a couple of older episodes and i was cringing the whole way through i was like oh my god this cannot be (laughs) 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 the way that i sounded back when we first started and i can understand why some people would be turned off by that because i had no idea what i was doing i still don't have any idea what what i'm doing by the way but <laughs> at least I've learned some of the ropes. I've learned how to do things a little better, how to speak a little better. There's a few things that I still do, like the ums, ums, uh, you know, <laughs> that whole thing. But that's unavoidable. Everyone does it, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> I just remembered that I had a conversation with you about how to avoid doing all those things. And I keep doing them, but that's okay. Mm.
1: Yes, I do, too, with my podcast as well. So I'm always trying to get tips, important tips like that, and how to make the audience feel comfortable and also entertain them as well throughout the episode, which is really exciting. So I'm learning a lot from you, too. <laughs> oh,
0: thank you. I'm trying to be a better podcaster, but also... um What's the word that I'm looking for? Communicator, I guess. Maybe.
1: <laughs> okay, so critic, critical, almost or no?
0: Just, just a person that speaks better because I've always been well, not always, but when I first moved over here from Mexico, I was really self-conscious about the way that I spoke.
1: Be- oh. Yes. Because
0: of course, my native language is Spanish. And I knew very little English when I first moved over here. It was the year of 1994. So almost 30 years ago.
1: Almost. <laughs> quite, yeah, almost. you moved here, I guess, on my birth year. <laughs> oh, wow.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's crazy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I was not really picked on, but because everyone down here speaks with an accent to an extent. Everyone here speaks in what we call pocho, which is a mixture of English and Spanish put together. So, I but regardless, I always felt like my voice sounded different, my accent sounded different because I felt like it was really rough. So it took me a few months, if not a couple of years to kind of get it down to where I'm like, okay, I got the hang of this. But in the back of my mind, I always had this thing that I think I speak too fast or sometimes I say things in a way that's really hard to understand what I'm saying, maybe. <laughs> I don't know if it's me. Right.
1: That's that's how I feel at times. I always joke around saying I don't even know my own native language because I was born in America and I speak kind of funny in English. <laughs> <laughs> so I like to joke around and just say I don't even speak good Spanish or even speak good English either. And <laughs> just all sorts of weird, yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, it is what it is, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, we, we make it through. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, I'm lucky to live in a community in which people speak funny too, so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and also I think too, it's so funny um, is the Spanglish as well, when you don't know an idioma and you mix it in with another one that you actually do know. So that's what I do usually. <laughs> And sometimes I forget to say crooked and I'll say tweckel. And <laughs> people are looking at me like, what is tweckel? <laughs> like, I don't know, but it means kind of sideways or something. <laughs> so it's pretty hilarious, I think, just to do that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is funny. So anyways, um, this is the 100th episode, which is why we're talking about this. <laughs> but <laughs> that's not what everything that we're here to talk about, right, Mariah? We are here to discuss the movie, End of Days. So I'm going to ask you, have you seen this movie before?
1: No, this was my first time watching it.
0: So what are your first impressions of this movie? Did you like it? Did you not like it?
1: I liked it to an extent. (laughs) I felt very placed back in the years of 99 (laughs) When we did see the ball drop, I remember staying up at night because I thought the world was going to end going into the year 2000. So that brought back a lot of memories.
0: (laughs) So we've been doing a lot of 90s movies lately, haven't we?
1: Yes. Thankfully, I'm so cool.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So how would you say this one compares to the other ones that we've done? We've done Stigmata and we've done... House on Haunted Hill, how do you feel that this one compares to those?
1: I see, I think Stigmata was a little bit better than this one, End of Days, but I do feel End of Days has that creative vision for some reason more than House on Haunted Hill 90s and Stigmata. So it does point, it does stand out to me more, the End of Days than the other two movies.
0: Yeah, because this one does specifically deal with the end of the world, the end of days, which is when Satan is going to create his spawn, the Antichrist, right? This is basically what this movie is about.
1: Yes. So (sighs) this
0: one deals more directly with that issue, which was an issue that was present in a lot of people's minds back then. I remember this. And we spoke about it in the other episodes, but... I kind of wanted to go a little bit more in-depth about it in this one because this movie deals, again, specifically with that issue. And everyone had different reasons to think that the world was going to end. But yeah, a lot of people did think we were all going to die. That either a meteor was going to fall from the sky and kill everyone, that the Earth was going to split in half and we're going to fall in and go to hell. (laughs) These are things that I heard people talk about, by the way, so I'm not just making this up. Either in... uh... TV shows, magazines, people that I knew, friends of mine, friends of my, my parents' family. Some people thought that the skies were going to part and that whole rapture thing where God was going to pick up his chosen people and take them to heaven and leave the rest of us or the rest of whoever stayed behind down here to suffer for, I don't know how many years, a thousand years, I think. I don't know. So there was a whole bunch of, of, of talk about stuff like that happening. So do you remember any of that? since you were like a little, little kid back then?
1: Yes, I was five and 99. So I definitely remember the chaos of all my family members just going crazy and being alive at that time was pretty crazy (laughs) too and seeing the ball drop. And be, just before that, I remember there was this song that came out, I don't know if it was in 98 or 99, I think it was in 99, it was by JLo and it's called Waiting for Tonight. And in the music video, she it looks like everyone is so scared and standing around like, oh no, we're going into the year 2000, we're all gonna die. I remember watching that music video as well, right before New Year's so that was really I would always get so scared when I would watch that music video because I I just thought oh no I don't want it to be 2000 yet because I think we're going (laughs) to (laughs) die but I do remember too uh, my dad actually got his money out of the bank before we went into the year 2000 as well because he thought that um, banks were going to be destroyed and stuff so he went and got all of his money out and yeah it was it was crazy it was a crazy time for sure
0: yeah definitely it was a really unique time to be alive in and i feel sad for the people that are never going to go through that <laughs> no- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nobody the-
1: yeah
0: like nobody that we know currently is, g- is going to go through that because that didn't go through that because we're not going to see another mil- another millennium for several years and none of us will be around anymore so
1: wow that gave gave me chills just thinking about
0: that (laughs) i don't think we're gonna be around even for the century because that's gonna be the year 2100 and by then if i'm still around i would be 116 years old i don't think i want to live to be that old (laughs) (laughs) i mean not if i can't move around and do things by myself If they somehow find a way to stop or reverse aging that allows me to be like I'm in my 30s or 40s in that time, then I'll take it. But (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to be just kind of sitting in a wheelchair and not being able to do anything and just like... (laughs) But um, yeah, so I definitely feel bad for anyone out there that was born after the year 2000 that has no idea what we're talking about.
1: <laughs> no, definitely not.
0: Because it was a very unique time to be around, to be alive. I was uh, in high school, actually.
1: Oh! <laughs> so you remember this very well.
0: <laughs> yeah, so the only thing that I remember, it, it was quite unremarkable, really. I usually spent my holidays with my family in Mexico. So Christmas with my grandma's on my mom's side, and then New Year's, we'd typically go to my dad's side of the family. His. Um, Siblings, so I I remember that we went to my aunt's house, and we had a barbecue, and it was a little tense. Like people didn't know what was gonna happen if anything was gonna happen, and of course nothing did, right? But <laughs> I just remember that we were just having barbecue and drinking, and I wasn't drinking back then. But uh <laughs> I mean, the, the adults were drinking, and music was playing, <laughs> and fireworks were going off, and then. The clock struck 12 and nothing happened. And then we're like, well, what if it happens later? <laughs> so,
1: right.
0: <laughs> so that whole night, it was kind of just like, is something going to happen? And then we saw that nothing did. And we like, okay, back to our regular lives tomorrow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it also reminds me a little bit, too. I remember being so scared because the Furbies would go off in the middle of the night when you weren't even touching them, too. Oh, yeah. So that, too, had me thinking it was going to be the end of the world of that time when the Furbies, because they, they mentioned on the news or people saying something on TV saying electronics will go off by themselves. And that was scary. <laughs> so I do remember that, being <laughs> so terrified of my Furby, can <laughs> <even> to touch it. <laughs> what a funny time. <laughs>
0: That thing was terrifying to begin with. I don't know how you even had one.
1: <laughs> I love them, but I was so scared right before we went into the 2000. So yeah, this was 99, and it was terrifying as a child. <laughs> I can't even imagine as an adult. But
0: uh. if you, uh, if anyone out there is a child of the 2000s or later, Google what a Furby is, and then tell me. Tell me <laughs> that thing is not terrifying. Just tell me. <laughs> Because it was.
1: Yes, please do.
0: (laughs) But, uh, I mean, back to the movie, finally. (laughs) (laughs) This all has to do because that's kind of the environment in which this movie was made in, I believe. Like, when the movie was made, it was, of course, like, the 98, 99, probably. And you see that in the movie, like, they're celebrating, or they're, they're getting ready to celebrate the Millennium. And, of course... And as far as I can remember, since I was a little kid, even before the, the like in the early 90s, the year 1990, 1992, when I was like six, seven, eight years old, you would start hearing people talking about, hey, the, the year 2000 is, is only about 10 years away, so the world's going to end. And you would see all kinds of people on TV talking about it, and it was just a, a really weird time. But that's the atmosphere in which the movie is set. So, the story deals with this girl that is born, that is allegedly going to be the devil's wife, or, I don't want to say it in a way that's too crude, but that's that's (laughs) the best way that I can think of saying it, because he's going to have sex with this girl, and he's going to have a son, which is the Antichrist. So, this baby's born in the 1970s, I believe, 1979. And, the doctors take the baby away and they give it blood, which I thought was kind of (laughs) weird.
1: Yes, the opening. That was really creepy. (laughs) For sure.
0: Yeah, it was really kind of a a dark (laughs) thing to do. I mean, the baby is born and right away they take it away to quote-unquote clean it up, whatever, but they end up just doing this ritual with a snake or something like that. And then fast forward 20 years to the millennium and we meet none other than Arnold Schwarzenegger. So first of all, let me ask you, before we even go any further, how do you feel about the idea of Arnold fighting the devil with machine guns?
1: It's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> the thought of it? Horrible. Horrible. <laughs> I I have very opinionated just opinionated um, stuff against Arnold. I think he's a good actor. I just, I don't see a lot of the people get so hyped up about him, about his <laughs> acting. And I I just don't see it. It's, it's kind of like the same thing when everyone thinks Channing Tatum's hot and I don't see it at all. I'm like, I don't think he's hot. So it's kind of like the same way with Arnold. I just, I was not... Like excited about seeing him as this main character. It's really funny actually. It's almost like seeing your dad being this tough guy but you just end (laughs) up laughing and stuff. And that's kind of like what happened when I was watching this. (laughs) I was just laughing too because he has a little bit of my dad's accent too and i i can't take my dad seriously either <laughs> so it just reminded me of that and it was horrible oh my god but yeah
0: <laughs> okay so um put a, a um, um a poster on that because we're, i, I want to talk to you about that specifically in a minute <laughs> but just okay. so just to summarize and if you mariah were a head of a studio, a movie studio, and somebody came to you in a meeting and told you, I have a a great idea for a movie, Mariah in this movie we're going to see Arnold Schwarzenegger firing machine guns at the devil. Do you make this movie or not?
1: No absolutely <laughs> not please no my ears are bleeding
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh God okay that that makes it perfectly clear then um <laughs> Honestly, the whole idea of this movie is pretty funny <laughs> it, uh, from from a certain point of view. Because, of course, you think of the devil as a supernatural thing that you can't kill with conventional weapons like machine guns or knives or whatever. And Arnold, of course, became popular in the 80s, becoming this macho action hero that would basically solve any problem he came across with a machine gun. <laughs> <laughs> that was the answer to all the problems of arnold's life back in the day in, in all his movies so i really think this movie could have been something different if they hadn't taken the whole machine gun angle if that makes sense
1: okay i can kind of see that direction it is a very opposite role i think for him in this movie a very what i'm sorry opposite role like i see him a bit weaker and not as tough in his previous films so his character is very opposite of what we grew up watching him from
0: Mm -hmm. you know what you're right
1: that are familiar with
0: you're right i hadn't thought about that because maybe what they meant to do is well we always see arnold being this superhuman guy that can basically defeat an entire country's army with one gun (laughs) and and now he's going to fight the devil who he can't beat with a gun so I mean maybe that was the angle they were going for but still I feel like in this movie and for the record I don't have anything against him I think he's a good actor but I don't think he was the right actor for this role or for this movie in general so I feel like they try to make this into an action movie because he got involved with it I feel like if they had gotten a different actor, that other person would have made this movie not as action oriented, if if that makes sense.
1: I agree. They, I felt the action was very forced in this film. And yeah, I just, I agree too with Arnold. He's an amazing actor. I just don't think this was the right film. In my opinion, I was laughing with this character, (laughs) (laughs) so that's probably bad, but I just, yeah, I just, I don't think, um, it was, I think another lead could have been a little bit different and could have made this movie very different, um, with the success, oh, not success, but with reviews and stuff and how this movie ended up being.
0: Yeah. I... I agree with you, but I wanted to ask you, because I, like I said, I agree with you as, as far as this movie being funny because I caught myself laughing at times, also. And <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> what was supposed to be either scary sequences or, or tension-filled scenes, whatever, I found myself laughing in some of those. Um, for example, when he threw a, not, not when he threw, but when he fired a grenade at him in the subway. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> there's that scene right when they're in the store it's like maybe like the end of the movie but where the devil is chasing them down the, the the subway and so by this point arnold's got a complete arsenal of weapons of it like in his pocket so he separates the subway car somehow so the devil's is, is kind of trailing behind at this point and he kind of flies through the air to catch them and what Arnold does is he just pulls out a grenade launcher and just fires the grenade at the devil's face. <laughs> and then you kind of see him flying backwards and then the whole car explodes and I just laughed. I just, like, busted out laughing when that happened. And I don't think that's necessarily the kind of response they were hoping from an audience <laughs> when they shot yeah. the scene. But, I mean, I keep thinking about... I, I, I brought up that whole pretend pitch meeting to you about whether you would make this movie or not because how did they convince people to make this movie?
1: <laughs> right. Yes. I. It was a very... I don't know what they were or the vision that they had. Maybe they thought that this movie would be super successful or bring a different twist in the horror genre. And I don't think it did that for this movie and yes you're absolutely right it is um very funny and i just it wasn't very horror ish to me at all um there were some creepy moments but it wasn't horror in my opinion i Um,
0: i agree with you i think the scares weren't really efficient or effective the, I think actually the the biggest scene that that uh, caught me off guard, that I forgot about, it was one with a cat, where <laughs> I think they're looking for something in in um in this dark place. I think it's like a not not a warehouse, but they're in a, they're in this place, right? And him and his friend Arnie and, and his friend are looking for for clues, whatever. And so they <laughs> they go to this person's house or whatever it is, and and they open a door and a cat jumps out. <laughs> Oh, yes. Yeah, I think that's is the scene that scared me the most because it just kind of caught me off guard. I completely forgot about that scene. <laughs> I hadn't seen this okay. movie in, I want to say, about 10 years, give or take. And okay,
1: yeah, so it's been a while.
0: <laughs> yeah, and as a side note here, when this movie came out, again, I mentioned I was in high school. It was the year 1999. And I remember being pumped up because I'm a huge fan of Guns N' Roses, the band. Oh. At that point, the band hadn't been around for a while because they had been legal battles, whatever, etc. And I heard that Guns N' Roses was going to have a song in this film as part of the soundtrack. So I was really excited for it. And I don't know how it happened that I found out that the local radio station here, where I'm from, was going to play the song as a premiere, as as, as a live event, right? So. Ooh. That day, I had a a tape ready, I had everything, because back then you had to tape songs off the radio, by the way. Yes! (laughs) We had the internet, we had stuff like that, but YouTube wasn't around yet. It was 1999. No. So we still had to (laughs) record our songs off of the radio using tapes. So I got a tape ready, and and sure enough, it was like 7 or or 8 o'clock at night when they are okay, and here is the premiere of the Guns N' Roses song, it's called Oh My God. That's the name of the song, right? Oh My God. (laughs) and (laughs) so the song starts and it's really different and really weird from what i had known from the band and i i still liked it but my point is that i was kind of looking forward to that that was like the main reason why i liked this movie or or why i was looking forward to this movie rather just because of that song but i can't remember hearing it in the the movie (laughs) i was listening i was um, Watching the movie and listening, trying to see if I could pick up where the song is played, but I couldn't. So. Oh, no. So... It is still part of the soundtrack. It's, it's listed as part of the soundtrack, but I... For the life of me, I couldn't remember what scene it was played in. And this time that I watched the movie, a couple of days ago, I couldn't hear it. And I was like, I wonder if they got... <laughs> uh, if... if uh, it's like a copyright thing or something. But I don't oh. know. Because you know how sometimes uh, copyright... Stuff gets blocked, whatever.
1: Yes, on the streaming.
0: Yeah, so I wonder if if that might have been why, or if I don't know what the reason is, but anyways. I just wanted to bring that up. In case anyone knows and wants to clear that up for me, let me know. <laughs> it's a very important question in my life. Um <laughs> So, as far as the story, to recap real quick, this girl is supposed to be the mom of the Antichrist, so the devil comes to Earth in the eve of the millennium, he possesses this guy, who, by the way, is a priest in the last movie we did. How did that make you feel?
1: It was really weird. What a (laughs) transition to see. I still don't think he was evil at all in this movie. I I think it's because I saw Stigmata first Mm -hmm. and So, I guess the first impression I ever had of him was good. (laughs) So, it was kind of funny just seeing that huge transition. And it's crazy because it was that same year that both of these came out. So, that's cool. And what a crazy ride.
0: (laughs) Do you feel like he acted better in Stigmata or, or in this?
1: I would say Stigmata. Right? yes absolutely stigmata he did so much better this one i wasn't excited with stigmata he made his character very likable and just entertaining Um, as an audience for somebody like me watching um it was very very fun to see but this one his character was just off he wasn't scary at all. He, I couldn't take him seriously either. And I couldn't see him as this evil guy either. So that too was another big question over my head is why did they choose him to be portrayed as this evil man when I don't think he got there <laughs> in his character? <laughs> so, yeah.
0: I agree with you 100%. I think His character is pretty cartoony.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and he laughs too, so (laughs) I couldn't take him seriously.
0: I don't put the blame on him specifically, because as an actor, there's only so much you can do if you're giving a crap script, right?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: (laughs) So I don't blame him necessarily, but I do feel like the character of the devil, whoever had played this, this character in this movie was gonna be the same as far as um, not scary and funny. And when your villain is more funny than scary, that means that, hmm... Unless you're making a comedy, (laughs) then then whatever, you know? But you're making a horror movie, and the reaction that people were getting... I mean, you and I are laughing, and I'm sure a lot of people laughed at, (laughs) at the scenes in which he was part of, too. So... When the response is the opposite of what you're trying to do, then it's like, hmm, maybe this guy isn't the right actor for this character, or, or maybe this movie just should not be made. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, that's true.
0: I want to touch up on a couple of things, Maria. There are some references to religious religious stuff in this film, and mind you, I'm not an expert, but I did catch them when I was watching the movie, so I looked a little bit into each of them. Just a little bit, mind you, not too much. But when the scene happens in which they're trying to protect this guy and he's trying to get into a helicopter, and then somebody fires a gun at him or something like that, and then Arnold chases this person into the I think the subway or the sewers. It turns out to be a priest. And Oh,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, the name they give the priest is uh, Thomas Aquinas or something like that. And I remember from the movie Seven the that this person was some sort of a religious scholar. And I looked it up. And sure enough, his Wikipedia is like a book. <laughs> so oh. there's a lot of information about him. So I'm not going to read everything, of course. But basically, this person was a priest in the 1200s he was born in 1225 and died in 1274 and he is considered to be one of the most important philosophers as far as uh, his time and actually of all time really and he tried to be a little bit more progressive because back then of course the church was in control of everything and anyone that went against the church was uh, either punished or put in jail or whatever the case was but this guy thomas aquinas the real one not the one in the movie the real thomas aquinas he basically tried to mix philosophy with religion so oh he was kind of a progressive in that sense so um yeah if you guys want to look it up by all means go for it because again his wikipedia is like a book <laughs> there's a whole bunch of stuff in here about the things he studied and, and the things he talked about and stuff like that so um, it's really interesting but i just wanted to cover that real quick just just um uh, because that was a, a reference to a real life scholar of the church and um the other thing that i do want to mention is that apparently he was made into a saint here in the 13 1300s, so Um, I guess he was forgiven. (laughs) Because, you know, of course, like back then, even though he tried to be progressive and stuff like that, I'm sure he met with some opposition from the people in the church. But I wanted to talk about him for a little bit. So the other thing I want to mention is that the main character in this movie is Jericho, played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. And Jericho, from what I remember, is a, a city in the Bible, right? Oh, yes. And all that I remember from that is that, I hope I get this correctly, I don't want to offend anyone, but that uh, there were some walls around the city and it was supposed to be the, the most protected city ever and then this army comes around and God tells them the secret to tear down the walls and I think they had to march around the city several times or something like that, right? And then... I'm a little rusty on this I'm sorry but 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 essentially <laughs> yeah. essentially the uh, the the city of Jericho was was in the Bible mentioned as having really tough walls to break through and the army that came in were told by God the way in which to destroy these walls and I think once again they had to march around the city several times and then eventually the walls just fell down by themselves and they were able to go in and conquer the city so I don't know how that plays into the character though. I couldn't find a connection.
1: Um, I kind of see a sacrifice towards the end a little bit with, um, with what he does. Um, I can kind of connect them a little bit. Just, I don't know. But yeah, that's very interesting that his name is Jericho and it's the connection there that you would have like the actual place where Jericho is. So in that story behind it, I did feel like a very minor connection of just how it ended the movie.
0: The other thing I want to talk about real quick is that the girl's name is Christine, of course, which is derived from Christ. I mean hello. (laughs) So that's a very not subtle reference to to Jesus in her name. And then the last thing that I found was what? I had another thing. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I forgot. (laughs) I don't know if it has anything to do with it. Since you mentioned that there was a connection to the sacrifice he makes at the end. There is that one scene in which the devil goes to his apartment and he tries to tempt him.
1: Oh yes, at the apartment.
0: He tells him if you join me, I can give you your wife and daughter back. I can make your life I'm happy so again. Mhm. So I'm a little rusty again, but I believe there was a passage in the Bible in which the devil tries to tempt Jesus too. So That's another reference to a biblical passage, I think. I can't remember exactly what the context of that was, but I do remember that there was a part in the Bible in which Satan talks to Jesus and tries to lure him to to the dark side, so to speak. So this movie's full of um, references to the Bible one and stuff like that. Now, how do you feel about the ending? Basically, everyone that Arnold knows betrays him. <laughs> All his friends and, and everything, like, they join the devil. But, so they, they kidnap the girl and they take her to this basement, so to speak, to, to do the ritual. He goes in there and saves him. And then they skip to a church. At the very end. And, and this scene is also where Arnold, well, I guess regains his faith because the whole movie pretty much he was talking about how God took his daughter and his wife away from him and it's not until this scene happens that at the very end he starts praying again he I guess reconnects with God
1: yeah I guess I guess it's probably because there has to be or not there has to be but I guess in the movie talking about the movie specifically (laughs) not in real life but I think um, when, when there is things like that maybe they have to kind of get like a wake-up call perhaps or signs or something to i don't know i guess i guess it comes naturally when it's meant to get that wake-up call or stuff like that and religion and that's kind of what i see in this movie towards the end and i really love the ending because it just it it reminded me of the strength that he did have throughout the trials i guess that he was faced with like in the beginning you know how um uh (laughs) I totally forgot his name. Arnold? Um, No, not Arnold, the other guy. Um,
0: Which guy? His friend? The Satan dude.
1: The Satan guy. Oh,
0: um, Gabriel Byrne, that's the, the actor.
1: Gabriel, okay. And what's his name in the movie?
0: I don't think they ever gave his name.
1: Gave him a name, okay. Yeah. Well, him. So, you know, like how you were saying earlier that he tries to tempt him, you know, what, saying I will you will get a um, you'll get to see your wife and your daughter if you join me kind of thing. And then towards the end, when he notices, I guess, evil and good and stuff and what he does there in the end and he sacrifices himself and then getting to join his wife and daughter in the end, it was. Very beautiful to see. I, I, I cried a little bit with that one, so I just thought, "Oh, that's so sweet," and um, and just trying to stay strong when there is a lot of evil too. That was that was a really cool thing to see because I feel like in real life people do try to remain strong or try not to um, get tempted to do uh, things that. You know, that are kind of not crazy, but not join a cult. But um, <laughs> like, um, I have a cult name. Um, I like painting my nails sometimes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, just like silly things. But yeah, it's just it's really really powerful. The the storyline I think is it's kind of cool. Just a reminder of that you can. You can get back up in the end or get back up when there are trials that are hard in your life. And so that was really cool. I really did love that part.
0: I felt like, I don't know, like, I said that I didn't like the ending so much, but I feel like it was too sudden, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting at the end.
1: Yeah, I did feel it was definitely sudden and also too we didn't get to again it's it's like that um house on haunted hill we didn't get enough time with Mm -hmm. characters (laughs) so and that could be the reason maybe
0: maybe um yeah this this movie has a lot of of problems and and character development is for sure one of them i feel like some of these if not all the characters could have used a lot more background to understand their motivations and for us to relate to them a little better, I think. And since you mentioned the the sacrifice at the end, there is an alternate ending that's in the DVD.
1: Oh, I do not know about that one. What is that about?
0: <laughs> well, it it's the exact same ending except that instead of him dying, he actually gets gets revived by God or something like that.
1: Oh, wow. So
0: um, he jumps in the sword and he, it looks like he's going to die. And then when the girl touches his face, he is given life again by, by either God or Jesus. So he's able to walk out of the church with her. What? Uh-huh.
1: Wow. What a twist. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I feel like that kind of would undermine what you just said right now. How would you have felt if if, you, if that had been the ending that you saw?
1: Uh, well, part of me would be probably happy that he lived, but another part of me would be like, (laughs) oh, just like sad, maybe, and not as, I mean, I'm a girl, I I get like all emotional and stuff when I (laughs) see like cutesy things, you know, so that's kind of how I got towards the end. I got all emotional, but if I did see that version that you just mentioned, I may not have cried.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, I have a couple of questions to ask you before we move on to the scores, Mariah, for this film. Why do you think that people, and this has to be not so much with the movie itself, but kind of with what we talked about in the beginning. Why do you feel like people are so scared of of the Millennium? Or, (laughs) why do you feel like everyone freaked out to the point that Like you mentioned, your parents were, or your dad was taking the money out of the bank and we saw people doing and saying things that were a little bit weird. And then we get movies like this in which the main plot of the movie is basically the end of the world in the millennium. So why is it that you think we humans are so scared of things like these?
1: I guess it has to do with the time that we didn't get to do what we haven't done yet and also maybe the fear of dying and not seeing your loved ones anymore or just also knowing like it is going to be a sudden death and you're going to be gone forever mm-hmm. at any moment and i think that's very panicky And <laughs> it was kind of <laughs> a little bit like when the pandemic happened so it did feel a bit like like that a little bit so, I do think that it that people just feel probably that they just don't have enough time to do what they dreamed of and not being able to experience that somewhere else because this is the only life that they know of, mm-hmm. and yeah. So, I'll probably probably that is just like running out of time is probably what's super panicky.
0: <laughs> That's interesting because I hadn't thought about it that way. I just thought that people would be afraid of death, period. Not so much as of the fact that they wouldn't have time to do anything else. So, I do feel like for me, the way that I looked at it is that that people would just be afraid of death because we don't know if there's anything after that after we die. We have, of course, all these beliefs and stories that we talk about and read about. Yeah, and
1: different ideas, but mm-hmm. we really don't know.
0: But is there anything out there? And what do yeah. you think is scarier? The fact that there may not be anything? That after you die, is just blackness forever? Or that there is something out there that may not be as nice as we may think there is?
1: Probably, I guess, the unknown of that you really don't know what what's going to be out there right after you die i'm like i don't even know either (laughs) (laughs) like i don't know it's and it's true because a lot of people do paint a lot of different images of how life is after um and different religions and or different beliefs and stuff so that's very interesting. Um, where where that will be, and also the image too that we see afterwards. Like, will we be able to see our loved ones and stuff? And it's just um, very interesting. I think is not really knowing, but do know that I think I do know for sure is that there is something that is bigger, I think. That is, I mean, why are we here on this planet? (laughs) Like, who who brought us here? Mm. Aliens. I'm just kidding. (laughs) They're probably, like, doing, like, a science project. (laughs) And we're just, like, in a little globe. (laughs) I'm just kidding. We are
0: basically... uh an ant farm for the aliens.
1: <laughs> 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 but yeah, that is, it is, it's, it's very, it makes you really, really think about the, about everything. And it's so exciting to, to dig deeper into that and tap into the afterlife and stuff.
0: Yeah, because when I think about it, it's, to me, it's, I asked myself the same question, is what would be scarier if after my life ends it's just darkness forever or the possibility that I mean because I've mentioned that I'm a believer in the Catholic faith so according to the teachings of that basically what happens is after judgment day it's determined what your faith will be in the afterlife so to speak so some of us will get to enjoy time with our loved ones and doing all the things that we like and then some of us will be sent to the fiery pits of hell <laughs> so the idea of, of it being dark forever on one end or then the other idea of me thinking I, I've lived a good enough of a life to have earned my right to go to heaven and then for someone to tell me nope you're going to hell <laughs> And having to be there forever and just like never see my love once again and, and just kind of be burning up forever and <laughs> So what would be scarier the idea that I feel like I've been a quote-unquote good person and I have this vision in my mind of what's gonna happen to me when, and after But it ends so up being the complete opposite of that or is the idea of just permanent darkness forever I don't know what would be worse so yes maria definitely that is a very deep question to ask yourself and i don't think i'll have the answer to that anytime soon but that's why i drink um <laughs> that's why i drink my my beer and my my vodka and my tequila because otherwise i can't handle those questions um <laughs> so one more thing about the movie though that i, I we haven't touched up on but how do you feel about the cgi because at the very end We see the devil in this CGI glory. So how do you feel about that?
1: It was crazy to see it in today's society because we've (laughs) come a long way. It almost felt like a sticker, like a 3D sticker (laughs) on my TV. That's what it looked like (laughs) to me.
0: (laughs) So are you saying this devil wasn't scary for you?
1: No, it's definitely not. He looked like a 3D... Do you remember those 3D models back in the 90s that people would do on the internet or try to attempt to? And that's what it looked like to me. It looked very 3D, like a sticker almost. (laughs) It it didn't look very cool at all. But it was... Um, it was a big thing, I think, at that time.
0: I would think so. This is probably going to be the best they could come up with back then. But I felt like I was looking at a video game character. Oh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious.
0: Like when you're about to beat a game after playing it for a long time (laughs) and you get to the final boss and it's this thing. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> like oh man it kind of did give me Mortal Kombat vibes just a little
0: bit <laughs> yeah. from the uh, early 90s mm-hmm. yeah I feel like maybe nowadays I mean of course it's being 23, 24 years later they hopefully would be able to come up with something better looking but who knows I mean we've been seeing a lot of the CG in, in recent movies it looks like crap so, in a way, it feels like they're going back instead of going forward. I don't know why that is. But, anyways, is there anything you might want to add, Mariah, before we go on to this course?
1: Yes, I do. Because I do feel this is very important to know. And maybe this will answer a lot of people's questions on why this movie, if they have opinions and stuff, or why this movie isn't that good or whatever, whatever. Did you know that Guillermo del Toro actually was offered the chance to direct this movie? What? Yes, but he turned it down. Can you imagine?
0: This is 99, so is this when he made um, *Pants Labyrinth around this time period?
1: so, yes. I believe, huh. yes. I cannot believe that he got offered this movie wow. to direct it. Imagine just the creative side of what he brings to the table. It could This movie could have been so different. Oh, and yeah. maybe more entertaining? Maybe? <laughs> and also, to I wanted to mention as well, Christine, the uh, player who played uh, Christine York, um, Liv Tyler was actually offered her character. But she as well, turned it down. Wow. And I can't even imagine that as well, because we see Liv Tyler in a very famous film in the 90s, or was it 2000s? I'm not sure. Armageddon. not sure when that was released.
0: Yeah, actually, this was around the same time period. I think Armageddon might have been before this one.
1: Before this one. So she was actually offered... The main role of christine and she turned it down so it just blows your mind just thinking wow what could have been <laughs>
0: huh. so so yeah. this movie might have been directed by guillermo el toro that would have been a completely different movie
1: i probably would have been a super fan if we got to see a little bit of his creative side added to this movie Um, so yeah definitely agree it would have been a very different film
0: and Liv Tyler too I mean I love Liv Tyler she's gorgeous she's a great actress but I don't think even she could have saved this film
1: (laughs) (laughs) probably not maybe not (laughs) with her beauty I mean
0: I would have had a lot more fun looking at it
1: it would
0: would have been a much more fun movie for me to watch Ab (laughs) but (laughs) <laughs> but, um, yeah, wow. That's, I, I never knew that. That's really interesting to know.
1: Yeah, so just fun facts. <laughs> but that's it.
0: <laughs> fun facts. All right, so I guess we are ready for our scores then. So how many crappy CGI devils do you give this movie out of 10? And why?
1: Four. Because I wish I would have seen more horror and not... A boring movie, <laughs> <laughs> or did it, it was too funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you still give it a four, though, so I think it's a little high.
1: Oh wow! Then you?
0: No, for everything you said so far in this oh, episode, I, yeah. I would have figured you would probably give it like a two or a three, maybe. I'm not. I mean, no. I'm not complaining, but.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I think honestly, I think it's a four. definitely a four.
0: It's it's not a four point two.
1: I was thinking about that and then I came to the realization I think I'm going to give it a solid four
0: (laughs) I am going to go with a four as well because I mean as much crap as I've talked about this movie this whole episode (laughs) (laughs) it does make me very nostalgic for the 90s I mentioned the story about the song with Guns N' Roses and that was when I was about to become a musician so it, it I watched this movie at a very special time in my life. So, most of those points are nostalgia points. (laughs) Uh, Maybe, like, three of them. And the other one point is for the actual movie itself, I think. (laughs) Um, The action sequences are not very well done, I don't think. They are more funny than tense or scary. Like, we mentioned that whole grenade launcher scene in the subway, but the other one that made me crap (laughs) Quack up was the one where they they're in, they're hanging from the chopper and he drops the guy into like this uh the homeless guy whatever that's firing a gun into the the guy he's trying to protect. So Arnold is hanging from the chopper and he's chasing this guy across the rooftops. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just funny like the way Arnold is hanging from the chopper and trying to catch this guy and he's all he's basically just barely out of his grasp. And then he finally catches him and then he drops him into this, I don't know what it was, like a newsstand or something where they sell magazines. That whole sequence to me was hilarious. okay, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I couldn't stop laughing. So that's probably not the effect or the reaction they were looking for when they made this film. So that's why I gave it a four because it's more funny than scary. And story-wise, yeah, uh, you know.
1: (laughs) It's not the greatest.
0: It, it isn't. Over. No, it isn't. It isn't, of course. So, now, how many skulls for. Actually, they don't call him the devil in, in the credits. They call him the man. So, how no. many skulls for the man in this film?
1: I'm going to give him a two. A two? A two. Definitely a two. <laughs>
0: You know, I feel sorry for the actor, for Gabriel Byrne, I do feel (laughs) he's a better actor than he was given a script to work with, if that makes sense. I mean, I don't know if I said that correctly, but um, I think what I meant to say is the script he was given was not good enough for his talent, if that makes sense. So Definitely. (laughs) Having said that, he does play a very comical devil. A lot of his lines and scenes are funny, not scary. And yeah, poor, poor Gabriel Byrne. So, you give him a two, right? Right. I'm going to agree with you on that as well. I'm gonna give the the man in this film a two because I think he's one of the worst devils that I've seen in film. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's hilarious. <I> mean, <laughs>
0: Again, not so much against Gabriel Byrne himself, the actor, but just the character. The the way it was written, it was not for him. Or for anyone, really. I I do feel like this movie could have not been made and and we could have saved ourselves a lot of problems. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a terrible movie, but it's not the greatest. I don't think I could recommend this movie to anyone. To be honest. (laughs) I don't know about you.
1: I think I'm right there with you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If somebody asks me what's a good movie to watch, oh man, you gotta catch End of Days, bro, like for sure. <laughs> 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 I don't think I would ever say those words to anyone, but if somebody says let's watch this, I'm not gonna be like nah. I mean, I say you know what, let's watch it. It's, it's it's a fun little popcorn film, so on so forth. But I wouldn't suggest it. <laughs> if somebody else wants to watch it and I, and want me to join them, I'm like ah oh, sure, I guess I'll watch it. Why not? But that's about the only way that I would watch this. So, Mariah, thank you very much for joining me in this conversation. We talked about the movie. We talked about Y2K again. We talked about the end of the world. We got a little deep there for a minute with some philosophical questions about the afterlife. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what I like about this podcast, that we can talk about these things, because they all have to do about the movie. And not so much the movie, but what I've noticed that we've been doing, and I like what we're doing, is uh, we talked a a lot about the... The historical context of these movies. About how things in the world were like when these movies were made. And I like that because that gives people a reference that were not around back then. People that are younger younger than you and I. People who might be in their teens or early 20s that have no idea what it was like to live in the 90s. I feel sorry for you. <laughs> all of you out there. <laughs> that Didn't have that privilege. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, I like that we're doing it. And I, actually, I mentioned that because somebody did tell me that, that. Oh, you guys were talking about what it's like back then. And it reminded me when I was a kid. So I, mean, I, I think people are enjoying that part of the conversation too. So thank you, Mariah.
1: Of course.
0: And it is a perfect place to announce that we are taking a break for the holidays. This being our 100th episode, I feel like we need a very much well-deserved break, especially because we have the holidays around the corner. And both Mariah and myself have previous commitments to tend to, so we're not going to be able to get together and record. And we'll be back sometime in January. <laughs> Probably around the second or third week, hopefully the second week, but sometime around there. So, Mariah, you do feel up to coming back, right?
1: Yes. Yes, I do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So for now, we don't have a topic at hand because since we're going to be gone for about a month, a couple of weeks to a month. uh, But I definitely will miss our conversations in the time that we won't be talking. And I look forward to the next time that we are able to sit down and talk about movies and life because it's always fun.
1: Oh, yes, it's. So much fun. I'm definitely going to miss that too, but it's okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'll be all right. I mean, we got the holidays, we got family with us, we got stuff to take care of. So I think the time will fly by. Definitely. And before we leave, I want to remind our audience to check us out on social media. We have our Linktree page, which is linktree.com slash myths behind LGDS. You can find all of our links to our social media accounts, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, etc. You can also find the link to our online store so you can score some sweet EMBO swag for yourself. And by all means, I encourage everyone out there to go ahead and do that. So, Mariah, just to recap once again, how do you feel about 100 episodes?
1: It's been such an amazing experience and I'm so happy that you let me join you in everything. And thank you so much it's just so amazing too like wow it's it's been a long time <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: and actually you were one of the first guests we ever had if, if not the first guest maybe that that Monica and I had back way in the, way back in the day when we started the podcast and then of course she left and then Belle came in for a while and then when she had to leave you were actually the first person that I thought about to reach out to so I'm really glad you accepted
1: of course thank you <laughs>
0: So, I want to thank everyone that's been out there supporting for the whole time this podcast has been around. We are not going away forever. We are only taking a break for a few weeks. But 100 episodes is very easily said, not so very easily done. (laughs) There's a lot of work behind the scenes that goes on behind making a podcast, a lot of editing, a lot of research, believe it or not. A lot of behind the scenes stuff, trying to coordinate schedules. Whenever we have guests, we have to coordinate with them. So on, so forth. So, having said that, though, I don't think I would trade that for anything else. It's been really fun. It's been really enjoyable. And I look forward, Mariah, to another 100 episodes, hopefully. Yes. <laughs> so, having said that, please stay away from weird people. Stay away from weird CGI dragons um, <laughs> that come flying at you in a church. Don't get near them. And until we see you on the next one, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and have a good one.